DePoto Show, presented by Seattle Pump and Equipment on Seattle Sports Station. Sorry, don't answer that yet. Now we're ready. Jerry, how are you? I'm still as, as excellent as I was the first time. <laughs> awesome. Good to hear. Uh, four straight series wins. That's got to be nice. What do you think uh, What do you think led to this? What changed? Uh, you know, I, I don't know what changed, but, you know, our focus, our energy, our just the, the grit that our team has displayed over the last, you know, 12 games has been excellent. And that's what's required to, to win against the good teams in this league. And, you know, we continue to play a, a pretty tough schedule. And you know, as as it works out, we, we towed it and, and it kind of answered the questions, especially in Houston, where it hasn't been uh, a good stop for us these last few years. And, and I thought that was a good monkey to get off our backs, just winning a series against the Astros in Houston and coming home feeling great about a road trip instead of just good. Yeah, you mentioned the grid. Is there one person or one moment that sort of sums up where that comes from and, and what it means for the team? Uh, I don't know that there's one person. Just the same as, you know, cultures or leadership. I, I'm not a huge believer in a leader. You know, I, I think it, it happens from a pool of players or a pool of, you know, people really in, in any form. And and it, it's a it's subtle contributions in different ways. It's this guy's heart and that guy's energy. And, and it, it's, it's some combination of, of a group that contribute to, to creating that theme. And, and I, and I do think there were moments on this trip where that came to pass. And, you know, I, I thought from the, from an offensive perspective, the, like the, the uprising at the bottom of the order with Cal Raleigh, I, I, I thought the first game in Houston, based on what the previous two outings looked like, you know, a gritty, big grit moment for us was Sergio Romo coming through with a huge inning and, you know, and transitioning the game to, to late game bullpen where there is no Paul Seawald and, and he really stood up and, and got it done at a key moment. Those are the things you need to happen in order to put together a good run and, and we're on one right now. That Monday night game obviously is one that that we'll continue to maybe point back to and, and talk about for a while. And and anytime tensions rise like that, it becomes uh, a, a certainly fun viewing experience for all of us. What were you thinking as you watched that go down in the ninth inning? Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. We've experienced this before. You know, this is I love that fiery version, of Scott. It's fun, <laughs> and you know, I think it's uh, our players enjoy it. It, it wasn't uh, it wasn't pleasant having a ball thrown behind you know, our best hitter, but uh, the way our team reacted again in, in a gritty moment. And I said this to you know to Scott and to, to Justin Hollander afterward that perhaps Hector Neris or the Astros helped us find our personality. You know, as you recall, last week we were talking about our need or, or, or constant search for it, and and maybe that's that was our moment when we found it. And, you know, unfortunately, Justin Verlander was pitching the next day, so that <laughs> makes it a little hard to, to really get on a, you know, a good string. But it's a, it, there was a, a feel you know, in that moment that this was this was a, a, a bonding moment for our team. And, and I hope that's the way it turns out. I forget, to, and maybe we've talked about this before, were, were you in any uh, bench-clearing situations in your time in the big leagues? Oh yeah, yeah. Quite actually, more than a handful. One of them that actually included our skipper, <laughs> and uh, I believe there's been footage that's been floated around our clubhouse through the years of uh, what was a, a kind of an epic bench clear where it was it, it got pretty heavy for a while on the field, and and Scott was directly involved. So uh, yeah, the Cubs and the Mets back in 19, I think it was 1995. Um, 
but that there's they happen in baseball. It's not the prettiest thing, but it's in a lot of ways those are moments that really do bring teams together. I was thinking about it and talking about it with my wife afterwards, and it's one thing when you know you're in your twenties and you get out there. It's you know Scott's fifty five. I, I kind of like the idea of him going home to his wife and his family and her giving him the look like really. What, what what was the plan here, Scott? What were you going to do once you got out there? Just yell and bark a lot, which is, you know, it's <laughs> part of the fun. And <laughs> I think generally speaking, that covers about 90% of baseball bench clears is people just pointing and yelling. But, you know, it, it does get the point across, which is, you know, the, the notion that, you know, with your 26 players, with your coaches, that, you know, you have their back. And you know, I'm here with you. And it doesn't always need to result, you know, and, and in fact, it probably never needs to result in, in you know, on-field violence or punching one another. But it's, uh, it, it does get the blood boiling and get everybody out on the field. And it kind of it ignites that passion that, that oftentimes, you know, it does turn into something greater in those moments. How important was it uh, or how telling maybe was it to see Julio hit a home run the next at bat? He's just such a different player. You know, the, the first thing you think of, Julio, and I, and I think we've seen this really, you know, since since he got here, but Julio doesn't shy from the moment. In fact, he, he seems to rise to it. And, you know, that's a, that's a wonderful sign with a young player and probably portends great things to come. He's, he has a way about him to, at such a young age of standing up and, and allowing the, the light to shine on him. And, and he doesn't shy away from it. It's, it is, uh, you know, it's, it's such a, a wonderful trait. And he's, he's been a phenomenal player for us. And I think in that moment, he takes that passion, he channels it, and it comes out in good ways where he hits a ball in the seats rather than let it overwhelm you and not be able to slow it down. And, it? and I do think that this road trip in general was a great, a great microcosm of, of Julio's growth. You know, it started out, he was excellent the first couple of games in Baltimore. And then that first game in Texas, it got running really fast for him. And, and you could see it moving really fast. And the next day he said, hey, this moved too fast for me. He pumped the brakes, he slowed it down, and he got back to being the impact player he's been for the last two months. What do you think it was when you say it sped up on him? What was it? You know, he had a big day, you know, the day we got to Texas we didn't arrive at the hotel. I think I want to say I hit the pillow at four thirty in the morning and we had a game that evening with the Rangers, a late night, the night before traveling in from Baltimore. And if you recall, that's the day that Julio won the, the rookie mm-hmm. of the month award. Mm-hmm. And, you know, his, and his day was a little more congested as a result of that, you know, more media hits, you know, the need to get on the phone with this and that. And, and I think he got to the ballpark and hadn't had a chance to go through his normal prep, you know, the, the, the slow it down in the, in the early day. And, mm. and, uh, and he was able to recognize that. And, you know, the next day he came in, he looked different and, and he approached the game the same way he had. And again, he slowed it down in the moment, which I, I think is a fantastic trait for I, any player, much less a 21 year old. I've been talking so much about just rising to the occasion to hit that home run in that moment with, you know, sort of the tension that's in the ballpark, but you know, kind of lost in it is the ability to take that pitch to right field like that. How many guys in baseball can even can even make that swing? Well, in today's time, what you see are so many players. It's what makes Ty France, you know, so special is that he's just 
he, he uses that side of the field so well. And, you know, the best version of J.P. Crawford is, is, you know, and what we find out when he's hitting in these run-producing type spots, the, the, runs, the runs are in the middle of the field and the opposite field. They're not on the pull side most of the time. And, and that's what Julio seems to have, you know, kind of recognized at an early age. And frankly, if we go back to Julio's, you know, 17-year-old season and, and as an 18-year-old as he's being introduced in the United States, it's, there's, that was his spot, you know, just driving the ball to right center field is that's how Julio does his thing. And, and I'm thrilled that he hasn't lost that with the, you know, the, 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 the major league spotlight. He's just sticking with what he knows and, now he has the ability to drive the ball that way. It's always been there for him, and, and as long as he doesn't lose that, he can be a great hitter. Because you know, hitting the ball as hard as he does and using the entire field, it's it's not going to hold him if he allows it to happen. Jerry, seven home runs now for Cal Raleigh. You mentioned uh, the way he sort of helped lengthen out the lineup. How important is his development? You know, in in the world of sliding doors, I, I think the fact that you know Tom Murphy was not yet ready to come back from the the IL and Cal very quickly after a week in in Tacoma was able to come back. It it has a, a similar feel to what it was like last year for Luis Torrance, where he just got a he got a chance to take a break. He exhaled, and and since he's been back, he just looks different. There's a there's a gleam in his eye. He looks engaged. I think he's been behind the plate. He's, he's been catching great. You know, the, the game calling, the interaction with the pitcher is just, he is engaged in a way that, that I don't think he has been as a major leaguer. This is always the version we've seen in the minor leagues. And, and I think knowing that he had some runway to play with, uh, while Murph continues to, to rehab gave him the opportunity to confidently go out and just and do what he does in a very regular role, you know, the, the catchers, it's about as every day as you can play. And, and we're seeing all of the good things that we've always seen from Cal. He'll take his walks. He'll hit his homers. He is, he's a very dangerous hitter and it's a, uh, it's showing up that way. And when you have that kind of power at the bottom of your lineup, it, it really makes a difference. I was thinking a little bit about Scott and uh, you talked about his leadership and the way he kind of manages the clubhouse and charging out onto the field the other day. But I also find myself thinking about sort of the the lack of mental mistakes that we've seen from this team over the last couple of years as everything has sort of come together. And then I really was was focused almost more on the what at least four outs that the team was able to 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 force the Astros into on the bases this series it sure seems like that part of the game has really been a strength for your team for the last year and a half. I, I think uh, that is highly attributable to the fact that, first of all, I think we have an excellent coaching staff. You know, Scott and the coaches, they are detail-oriented. If, if any of our fans could see for a moment behind the curtain how much they put into preparing for each game and preparing each player for what they might encounter, and that spreads organization-wide, you know, what we do in putting together the player plans and, and just hitting on the detail. But th- that this type of, you know, that, that the, the efficiency, so to speak, it's in baseball, it's all about repetition. And it's somewhat attributable to the fact that for a lot of this, you know, last four or five years, many of these players grew up in our system and a lot of our coaches grew up in our system. And the systems and the programs that we employ, our practices, 
are very similar from an A level to, to the major league level. And we, we insist on it being done the right way. And, mm-hmm. and our players have really responded and they just, they learned how, and they have the aptitude, they're smart, they're focused and they'll get sloppy just like any other team in a moment, but it doesn't happen very often with the group because they've gone through the repetition in a very developmental way. And I, and I think it's important to them. You mentioned Luis Torrens and kind of the run he got on last year, and and I found myself thinking about you know while while you're getting some of these contributions from Cal Raleigh, et cetera, lengthening out the lineup. How how patient can you be with some of the guys that just haven't gotten it going this year? And I'll put Torrens, maybe Toro in that category. How how long can you be patient? Yeah, as, as patient as we need to be until something of an opportunity comes along, and I don't know when that'll be. It's, you know, we do believe in the, in the talent on this team. And, and Cal Raleigh is a great example of why you remain patient is if you, if you believe in the player, you believe in the talent and you have the reps to provide, you know, it, eventually it will click for them. And, you know, I can't tell you if it's going to be 20 plate appearances or a hundred, but it, it, if you just remain patient and give them the chance to grow, they often do. And, you know, and at some point you do have to make decisions on when it's time, you know, like we did with Cal to, to maybe take a break and, and, and allow a player to exhale or just make a change. But we're not to that point yet. We're, we're playing very well. We understand that there's rarely going to be a time where all 26 players are clicking on all cylinders. But as long as we're, we're winning eight out of every 12 games, <laughs> we'll, we'll worry about that when the time comes. Uh, we talk about patience. How much more patience are we going to need as we uh, as we wait for Mitch Haniger? Do you have an update there? Well, there we don't have uh, an option, you know, but to wait. You know, with Mitch, with with Murph, waiting for for players to recover from injury, that just takes how long it takes. And uh, I don't really have an update, but to say that you know we we feel like we're getting closer to introducing baseball activity uh, for Mitch, and and once we get into that zone, then it can potentially move faster but uh, there's i can't really put a timeline on it because i can't rush a player back from injury that's it's we we need these players to come back fully ready to go and contribute otherwise what did we rush them back for yeah Uh, do you have uh, do you think any of the guys i know you got a couple relievers who were getting closer as well do you think we could see giles soon could we see swanson soon how close are those guys yeah, you know, Ken's had a rough time on his rehab from a performance aspect, but his stuff has improved each time out. I think yesterday he was up to 96 miles an hour and, you know, pitching 94, 95. And Swanee has been pretty solid on his rehab. We just need to see him, you know, show that resiliency and bounce back. I'd be surprised if we didn't see both of those guys uh, return during this homestand, whether that's at the front end of it on Friday or a little later on has yet to be seen, but they're both very close to a return. Uh, and then I saw Jared Kelnick exited the game yesterday. It looked like he was uh, rubbing the hamstring. Is he okay? Yeah, hamstring. We didn't think uh, at least the, the post-game report was that it wasn't uh, expected to be a, a big issue. They thought they'd be good to go again today. Felt something grab and you know, exercised a little caution and just got him out of there. He's her hitting the ball uh, hard down there. What did he hit? Like a four hundred and sixty foot bomb the other night. I saw him crash into the wall. What what are you seeing from Kelnick during this time in, in Tacoma? Uh lots of good. He's he is hitting the ball hard. He's hitting the ball frequently. It is you know, at the, the the stat line, the the T V stats, you know, batting average, on base slug, all very good. And and uh can't really ask for any more. As important as anything is is he is 
enjoying the game. And, you know, he seems to be playing fun. I'm having fun. I know he's playing hard. You know, the one thing we do need to see is we need to see more contact. And, you know, I think in since he's gone back to AAA, we're still seeing a pretty high strikeout rate and a lowish walk rate. Which is not Jared, you know. He is he has better than that in his in his I guess in his in his bag of tricks, and and that's the growth that we need to see. So that you know the next time he crosses the, through that door to the big leagues is the last time, and he's just ready to go out and, and be the player that I think his his skills and his and his aptitude are going to allow him to be. But we do have to to tighten up that strike zone a little bit because in the big leagues they can expose that a little more than than they currently can in Triple A because his his hit tool is so good uh, that he can overwhelm. But, you know, this is full development, and that's that's what we were committed to doing. It was interesting. I was thinking about how last week we were talking about Taylor Trammell and how he was playing some good baseball and how nice that a week later he's still playing some good baseball and, and continuing to uh, to push that forward. Yeah, T.T., I, I really can't say how pleased I am with how well he's played. It's uh, at a time when we really needed him to step up and, and – to, to have that happen, it hasn't been common this year, at least in the early part of the year. You know, when you were hoping for that someone to step step up, it really was just going flat for about a month there. And, and Taylor really did take the flag and, and stand up when we needed him to. Had some big extra base hits for us. He's shown energy. I think he's played a really solid, bright field. And, and right now on our roster, as we're as we're playing through this, it gives us so much flexibility to have you know the the number of outfielders that we do that can that can remain interchangeable because we don't have the big bat presence of Mitch Haniger out there. So finding matchups where we can is pretty important right now until we get back to full strength. And in the meantime, it was sort of nice to look up, and I I, forget, I didn't look this morning. I don't know uh, where the numbers are. I'm guessing it's three and a half, but you guys are right there in the wild card hunt. I mean, this extra wild card this year, even after the slow start, you guys are right there in it. You know, after the uh, Oakland series here at home about two weeks ago, we had a team meeting, you know, with the with Scott, with the staff, and some of the members of our front office, and, and just talked about where we were and and how we were going to get where we needed to be. And frankly, since that meeting, it's gone pretty well. And in that meeting, we talked about focusing not on, on where we were in relation to the Houston Astros or the New York Yankees, just looking directly in front of us and just start chipping away. And in order to catch those teams, we have to catch the team directly in front of us. And there were some bodies to, to, to hop in there. No, we did. We chipped away, and and over the last two weeks, we have we have really made up some ground, and we needed to, and and put ourselves in position where, if this homestand playing teams like Boston and Minnesota and the Angels, we have a little bit of our own bait in our hands for the next two weeks, where we can really do some damage in in these races and put ourselves in a position where the summer can be a lot of fun here at T-Mobile. It's. You know, we, we've, we've earned ourselves that with our play over the last two weeks. Now we have to finish the job. That's for sure. Jerry, thank you. Great to catch up with you, and uh, we'll do it again next week. Looking forward to it already. Sounds good, Mike.